Thank you for joining me at the Ghost Light. My name is Matt Morris, and I want to get to the bottom of what inspires the average theater professional. There are a lot of people to talk to, so let's get to work. Thank you so much for joining me on the very first episode of The Ghost Light, the podcast where I attempt to get to the bottom of what inspires the average theater professional. This is a very special episode. In this episode, I have a conversation with my best friend and wife, Sophie Lee Morris. We discuss how she got into the theater, what she learned in college, life in New York, and the musical Fly By Night. Enjoy. Sophie. Hi, Matt. (laughs) Thank you for being on my podcast on the first episode. You're very welcome. So, uh, we're married. Mm -hmm. I know a lot about you. Yes. But for the people that don't know a lot about you, how about you start? From when you got into the theater to where you're at now, and just give us a synopsis of Sophie's life. Sure. Um, Up until middle school, I was a soccer player. My whole family played soccer, including my dad. Uh, He's on a team called the Purple Chickens. Um, And then when soccer started getting a little too competitive for me, I needed to like try out for teams. Um, I decided that I it wasn't for me, and I quit soccer and my mom put me into acting classes um and that's kind of how I got started um started taking choir classes in middle school and then in high school I added dance um so that's how I got started and now I um live in New York City with you Mm -hmm. and pursue a career in the theater okay that was very short and sweet Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you said you started dance in high school Mm mm-hmm you think that's typically when people start dance that continue doing it, or do they typically start younger? I mean, I guess t- typically they start younger. Mm-hmm. Um, though I will say, if you start later and it's something you're passionate about, it doesn't. I wouldn't say it hinders you. It hasn't certainly hasn't hindered me, though I may not know the lingo as well as those who grew up dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I would say it's atypical for a dancer. So you briefly touched on it, but do you think that there are any advantages or disadvantages to starting late, quote unquote? Um, certainly because I started late, I did understand understand my body better than a child would. So I knew its limitations and I knew where it could be pushed. Um, I knew I, where I needed extra work, though I will say it did limit me in mindset because I definitely had the mindset that I ha- I was late and I was behind and I needed to catch up. Um, so the mental component of it definitely took me longer than the physical mm-hmm. to catch up. And you, so you saw, you got into theater in general a little bit later too, I would, I would guess. So um, did you have anyone that was kind of pushing you to do that or was it just something that you kind of fell back into after soccer didn't really work out or was, you know, your mom gung-ho about it or anything? No, I can't remember anybody pushing me into the theater. I remember wanting to take theater 
class. Um, I remember wanting to be in the choir. I've always loved to sing. Um, but my mom did have to push me to dance. She said if I was going to act and sing that I probably should at least know how to dance. Um, if for any reason I did want to pursue this type of career, she knew that dance would be good for me and I fought her for a really long time, which is why I didn't start until high school. Um, but once I gave in, I really enjoyed myself. So are you thankful that she pushed you into dance? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously it's the, I guess not obviously to your listeners, but I mostly dance now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it certainly set me onto a career path. Mm-hmm. Do you think that dance is maybe not essential for an actor or a musical theater performer, but you know, it's something that they should do? Absolutely. I think for musical theater, even if nowadays a chorus is not just a singing chorus and a dancing chorus, you have to be able to do both. Um, There are certainly shows where you can get away with just singing and being a quote unquote mover, but even movers should be in dance class so that they feel more comfortable in their body because movement doesn't naturally come. I think that it's something to be work towards um so i think yeah i think taking any type of dance class is essential even for an actor to get to know their body better Mm -hmm. there's things that you can do in dance that you just can't express in any other way i gotcha so we skipped over a pretty big portion of your life and your synopsis when you went to college um can you briefly describe you know what college did for you as a performer uh maybe skills that you sharpened or things that you learned that you, if you hadn't gone to college or you, maybe if you'd gone to a conservatory and didn't go to a liberal arts school, like how do you think things would have looked differently? You know, kind of elaborate on your college experience. Sure. Well, as you know, I went to Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, Texas, which I loved. Go Frogs. Um, go Frogs. <laughs> I decided to study musical theater because the majority of my experience prior to college was straight plays. Um, didn't do a lot of musicals beforehand. And like I said, it got started dancing late. So those are where I felt my singing voice and my my dancing is where I felt like I needed the most work. So I decided not to be an acting major, but to be a musical theater major and work, work towards that goal. At the time, TCU didn't have a huge dance component to their musical theater department. So I did um, seek out extra classes within the dance department at TCU, which was absolutely wonderful. And thankfully, the wonderful woman, Elizabeth Gillespie, who ran the dance department there at TCU, let me audition and let me take some of the ballet classes with the majors there. Um, But I also got to take class at Texas Ballet Theater and really explore that way. So I, I would say that college really... I spent my first year being completely broken down and having to kind of restructure where I thought I was. I knew that I wasn't in line, I guess, or in shape vocally or dance-wise the way that other students might be in college. So I, I definitely got that sense of like being torn down and rebuilt while I was in college. Um, thankfully, the professors at TCU, when they tear you down, they do it only to build you up with a better structure. So I think I have a lot. I owe a lot to TCU. Um, yeah. Yeah. So do you think that college is good for not only learning new skills, but also 
developing you as a person, showing you that maybe you're not as good as you think you are, or maybe you see that you have more work to do? Absolutely. I think any young performer has more work to do. Um, I think any old performer has more work to do. I don't think, I don't think we ever stop learning. Um, and I will say that's why I enjoyed going to a university rather than a conservatory. I didn't want to be just inundated with musical theater, though that's what I loved and was studying and certainly the classes that I enjoyed the most. But I think that to be an actor, which anybody in musical theater boils down to being an actor, like in a straight play, we have to tell stories. And if we don't understand life in all of its facets, we can't truly tell stories. If we only understand the world of musical theater and we are so wrapped up in that world and we don't understand what's going on around us, I don't think we're successful. I don't think we can be truly successful in telling stories. Okay. So you're saying that the other courses and classes you took, because we were required to take, you know, two science classes, two English classes. I think you tested out of English, but uh, two science classes and math classes and all, and all this stuff. Um, you think that made you like a more rounded person as opposed to if you just, if you went to a conservatory or maybe you went straight from high school to trying to perform, you kind of have this like linearity to your learning and your experience. So that, do you think that limits you or do you think that it just kind of depends on the person? I definitely think it depends on the person. I don't want to belittle anybody's experience because I've seen some wonderful young performers who just have an ability to tap into that naturally or they got a real world experience in a different way than college. But for me, that's that's where I developed a, a true understanding of many aspects of life that I didn't know previous to that. Okay, so uh, we live in New York now. Mm -hmm. um, can you just kind of describe you know, how we got here? Yeah, um, so my senior year of college, um, TCU began to do the do a program where the seniors got to come to New York and do a showcase for agents. Um, and that was part of our senior curriculum. Um, so over spring break, I believe of my senior year, you and I went on a trip to New York with the TCU senior class. And, um, I was able to perform in a closed showcase for about five agents. Um, and I heard back from three of them. Um, with interest in me. Um, and they asked me to reach out to them when I came to New York, whenever that might be. Um, thankfully, I had you to say, let's do it. And um, from there, we we made the plans to come to New York, mm -hmm. kind of unknowing what we were getting ourselves into. Mm -hmm. um, but we came, and I got to reach out to those agents again and say, hey, I'm in New York, would love to work with you. And thankfully, working with one of them panned out. So I already know the answer to this, but uh, <laughs> do you ever regret coming to New York or just like, you know, taking the leap? No. No. Absolutely not. Why not? <laughs> I think I'm a much stronger and more developed human being since moving to New York. It's challenged me in many, many ways. Um, and there's a lot of beauty here. There's a lot of absolutely disgusting things <laughs> in New York City. Um but I've learned to look up and try to find the good in any situation. And I think New York has taught me a lot, so I don't regret it. 
And you've, you know, you've lived the grind of the <laughs> New York theater scene here. You were going sometimes to three or four auditions a day mm-hmm. uh, last year before you booked the Dirty Dancing tour. Um, what is just some advice you would give to young men or women that are coming to New York and doing that same thing and maybe feeling worn down by it? Sure. Um I think I got the advice to go to absolutely every audition I could, which I don't think is poor advice. Um, but I do want to add a little caveat to that, that if you're not able to go into the room and do good work that day because you're too exhausted, you're too worn down, you worked a shift until 4 a.m. and then got to the audition studio at 5 a.m. to put your name on a list and then went back home for an hour of sleep you're probably not going to do your best work. And I think, as they always say, New York is all about who you know and who knows you. And if you're going in the room and doing not so great work, people are not going to want to remember you. No matter how many times you come in the room for them, if you're not doing consistently good work for them, you're not going to get called in for jobs. You're not going to get those appointments that everybody covets. Um, So... I say go to every audition you can, but only if you think that you can perform well that day. I know there are always times when things don't go as planned and you had you were having a great day and then it just went wrong in the room, and that's fine. I just think if you know you're you're about to go into the room and sing and you're not vocally there, it might not be the right time for you to audition. You may want to go to the dance call instead because you're more physically able that day, etc. So I just say, make sure when you're going into auditions that you're doing the best work you can. So you don't necessarily agree with the general wisdom of, sorry, there was a motorcycle outside, (laughs) the general wisdom of just get seen. No, because I think casting directors are working on so many different projects at once that you can never know all of what they're looking at you for. Um, So if you go into one audition and do poorly, that's a lot of missed opportunities. Whereas if you had waited just until the next day and went to another project they're working on when you're feeling better, that other project that you had wanted to go in for the other day is probably still open and they can then get you an appointment. So I say go in and do a good work. Don't just go in and be sloppy. What, what's maybe some practical advice? Not, I mean, that's not practical, but <laughs> some, some uh, tangible advice you could offer somebody who is, you know, trying to wake up early in the morning, trying to go auditions, what are some tips you can give them? I've been very lucky, obviously, to have you as a support system for myself in New York. Um, But I know that some of my worst times in New York have have been when I've been working really late nights and not getting enough sleep. Um, And so I say if you can, if it's available to you, sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Rest is really, really important. And we never want to give ourselves time to rest because that takes time away from work or something that we think will be productive for our career. But we forget that sleep is really important Mm -hmm. and is productive to our career and rest and being a, again, being a real human being and seeing friends and doing real life things is just as important to your career because again, it makes you that whole person that people want to see. So get rest. All right. Um, so I do want to touch, before we get on to the musical you chose, briefly on your experience in Dirty Dancing being a, a part of Hashtag Swing Nation. <laughs> um, what was that like? What was it like understudying, you know, or 
you know, learning six, seven parts for the show, also being the dance captain. What was that like? Man, it was great. Um, I'm, I certainly wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the process. I was truly overwhelmed with it being my first time being a swing, my first time being an understudy, my first time being an assistant dance captain. Um, it was a really, truly daunting task, um, especially because we're Dirty Dancing is a show that is almost all partnering with very few unison moments in the show. Um, so it was a lot of information to to put into my brain, but I, I will say it was um, a wonderful learning experience with a truly large learning curve. Um, and I am certainly a different performer because of it. Mm-hmm. How did you learn all those routines? Practice. <laughs> lots and lots of practice. Um, thankfully, the other swings in my show, um, shout out to them, were always willing to work with me. And like I said, because it was partnering, you you could work on your own, but it was certainly much more helpful to have a partner there to work with you and dance with you and um, try to understand what the movement of two bodies together felt like. And then a lot of all of my downtime, all of our travel days on buses or planes, um, my downtime in my hotel room was spent over my computer with the archivals or my videos playing over and over again and me making tracking sheets or whatever I needed to do to put the dances into my body as muscle memory. Mm -hmm. So would you recommend swinging to people that they get offered it? Because I know it can be daunting, like you said. I would say it takes a special special breed. Mm -hmm. Um, Thankfully, I really enjoyed it, but I know many people who did swing or have swung and really did not enjoy themselves. I think it takes... You can't want to be on stage every night. If your fire is truly sparked by being on stage, rather than the process or rather than those special moments when you do get to be on stage, then swinging is not for you because you're never guaranteed guaranteed to be on. You're never guaranteed to be on when your family is in town or, you know, you're just never, you just never know. Um, but I will say if you like which I was surprised by. I didn't know I loved this sense of unknown. I certainly thought I would have hated it beforehand. But if you like that extra energy of going on stage, maybe for the first time in your costumes, doing dances that you have never done on stage before under the lights, it's a really thrilling experience. I would recommend it to anybody who is willing to put in the work. Um, but if you just want to learn one track and do that track every night to the best of your ability, swinging is probably not for you. Mm. Would you say that you had the time of your life? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I did. I really did. I know it's cheesy and cliche, but I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, let's get on to the musical you chose. So I've been asking everybody to pick an inspirational musical to them. And I say, interpret that whatever way you mean. So when I said inspirational, why did you choose Fly By Night? So we actually saw Fly By Night together in Dallas at Dallas Theater Center. And it really inspired me to join the world of musical theater because the music was so unlike the golden age sound of musical theater that I had always heard. Not that I didn't love I love golden age musicals. I <laughs> I love traditional musical theater sound. I love those 
wonderful belters who can scream their face off. But it was such a beautiful thing to hear sort of folk indie music up on the stage. Um, I've always struggled vocally with knowing where I would fit in the world of musical theater. And so Fly By Night opened my eyes to the fact that I could sing and I could sing in a way that musical theater would accept. It just wasn't necessarily in my sight as an acceptable thing prior to that experience. Um, And nowadays we have people like Jesse Mueller and shows like Waitress and Bright Star that have that folky bluegrass, sometimes indie sound, um, and new works coming up like The Great Comet and Hadestown that have the sound that I can truly connect to vocally. Um, and it it really inspired me to pursue musical theater. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know the show, can you give me a brief rundown of what it's about? So it center, centers around this main character. Um, I don't <laughs> recall his name at the moment. Um, but he's a part of this band. Um, and he, oh my gosh, he meets a, a waitress who... Oh my goodness. No, I can't even really give you a good synopsis. I just remember that it's during the blackout, I believe, in the 1970s in New York, mm-hmm. um, when the whole city went dark. And it's the story, a, a little love story between him and that waitress, and a really sad story of his father, I believe. Oh gosh, no, I can't give you a good <laughs> synopsis right now. But I I, I mean, it, it really touched me, and it was mostly because of the the music style. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, the, the, there's two sisters that come to the city at the same time. Uh, one is pursuing acting, and I think one is just trying to find her place in the world, right? Um, and then the sister that is an actress falls in love with the guy you were talking about, and they kind of hit it off, but then they fall apart, and the other sister is kind of there to um, not really pick up the pieces, but they just kind of come together. And then, yeah, it's just about them falling in love, finding yourself, Um I guess I don't really know why it's called Fly By Night, but I do remember being touched by the show. I remember thinking it was very sweet, very genuine. I did like the music in it, so I would recommend listening to it. It's on Spotify for, you know, you can listen to it for free. Um, but what do you think the overall message of the show is? Like, why does it exist? I think it was all about following your true self, um, trusting in whether you believe in this or not, or trusting in what the universe has set out for you whether it always looks the way you wanted it to or not it's about finding yourself there finding joy there um and kind of a sense of acceptance and rest in who you are what's your favorite song from the show i trust stars why is it your favorite it's just like i said a a song about trusting in the universe and about how we're we're made the made of the same stuff as stars and how beautiful they are and how they light up the night and if we're made of the same stuff um Mm -hmm. just how beautiful we can be if we allow ourselves to shine is that the song that you hear and think i could sing that yeah what about it makes you think that you could sing it just because it's soft or, or yeah i mean it's it has a folk sound to it it's not a song that has to be has to be belted out by the singer it's just a sweet simple song that I think vocally I could match. Mm-hmm. So this show didn't really 
take off the way that we thought it would initially, unfortunately. But do you think it's something that could possibly resurface? Do you think it has that kind of marketability? Um, do you hope to see it again? I certainly would hope to see it again. I know it had a run here in New York at... I think it was, I think it was uh, Playwrights Horizons. Playwrights Horizons, yeah. yeah. And they, they, uh, I heard they made some cuts to the show that I think took some of the heart out of it. Yeah. Just from my understanding of the show prior um, in Dallas. I guess because I didn't see the New York production, I don't know what kind of legs it had once it got here. But I do I do hope it would resurface. It has, especially with shows, like I said, like Great Comet and Bright Star coming coming out, I think it has more of a market now than it ever had before. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully it will have its chance. Okay. So I just have one last question for you, and you can interpret this any way you want. What is your dream role and why? Ooh. That's so hard. There are, I have so many. Um, as a dancer, I would love to dance in a production of West Side Story. It's just always been some of my favorite choreography and music. As a role, I would love to be the um, bookshop. I can't remember her name right now. The, the, little, the young girl who runs the bookshop in Bright Star. But mm-hmm. I know that's closed. So yeah. if it goes on tour. Well, I think <laughs> it is going on tour. Why, would you, why is that the dream role for you? I think she's very, I'm very like her. She's very sweet, um, falls in love and is hopelessly romantic in that love. And again, vocally, I think we're a match. And I love, I love that style of music, that bluegrass folky sound is wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I know it was a stretch (laughs) for you to walk from the couch to the table to Mm -hmm. record. Um, So I appreciate your sacrifice. It was great talking to you, Mm -hmm. as always. As always. I'll see you right now. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Thank you again for listening to this episode. I honestly can't tell you how much it means to me. If you have the time, a subscription and a rating on the podcasting service you use would be of great help to me. I'm always looking for new people to bring on, so please get in contact with me at TGLpod on Twitter and Facebook or theghostlight at gmail.com. If you like the music you've heard, the intro was provided by Melandros and the outro was provided by Pachyderm. You can find both of them on music streaming services, but I'll also include them in the show notes. See you next time at The Ghost Light.